0: This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship.
1: Well, hey everyone, welcome back to Worship God. I'm here with Jody Cross, and uh, we're glad that you've joined us on this episode. You know, worship is not something that happens only on the weekend and i think a lot of us understand this um this idea this romans 12 idea that our whole lives are supposed to be acts of worship but i find that often that could be a theological belief and uh it kind of lives up in our head lives up in our theology and it it kind of fails to have any real practice and i think there are great dangers that can happen when we fail to be worship leaders, be people of worship throughout the week, to be real in our worship throughout our whole lives. And um, one of the dangers that can happen is that we can become, you know, quote unquote, a professional, you know, a professional worship leader that our ministry can become robotic and formulaic and and become calculated and disingenuous. There's a, a great quote, and John Piper's book, Brothers, We Are Not Professionals by E.M. Bounds. And the quote says this, the preacher is not a professional man. His ministry is not a profession. It is a divine institution, a divine devotion. And so as worship leaders, we really want to guard against just Sunday morning worship leading where we get up on stage and we lead worship, but that's it. Um, and we're not whole life worshipers, whole life worship leaders. And we don't want to be found to be hypocrites. So, Jody, this is this is a real issue. I'm wondering, is this just like an idea that we have made up as modern worship people? Like, oh, worship should be happening all week long kind of thing. Like, take us to the scriptures. Is that something that the Bible teaches? Um, what would you say to that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's easy to slip into that, what you're just talking about that we put it on and we put it off, but the scripture speaks of something very different, not only for those who are given leadership by the Lord to do this, but for a believer period, you know, I think of something like mm. uh, even first Corinthians ten thirty one. whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So that's like, that's all weak. And how much more for those who are charged with and given this uh, responsibility to shepherd the flock. Here's an anti-example in Matthew chapter seven, Matthew uh, in Matthew seven, Jesus is quoting from Isaiah chapter twenty nine. He says, "This people honors me with their lips, uh, but their heart is far from me." And so there was mm-hmm. a, a disconnect, and, and we're actually exploring that today. We're saying, "Why is there a disconnect, and should there be?" Well, the answer is no. There shouldn't be a disconnect. And then David is a good example. With upright heart, he shepherded them, and he guided them with his skillful hand. And that. Um, in the ESV, that word upright, I think the NIV translates it with integrity of heart. There was a wholeness about him. There was a, a soundness and a completeness about his, his leadership. And he was a worshiper and he was a worship leader. And so there was integrity in his heart that he wasn't just putting it on. And then back to David in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. This is God's commendation of him. A familiar verse that we love. I have found in David, the son of Jesse a man after my own heart who will do all my will. And that just speaks of, you know, again, a heart that's united. And that's, that's the prayer actually in Psalm 86 as well. God, give me a united heart Mm -hmm. that I may fear your name and praise your name. And so David, David was the example that I think we want to chase after an example and the, uh, the rebuke of the people, the Pharisees and those who just honored Jesus with their lips, but their hearts were far from, we want to run from that.
1: Yeah. I even think of John four, when Jesus is speaking to the woman at Samaria and he's, and he's having this conversation about her, about worship. And he's kind of revealing all these hidden idols in her heart. And she wants to get into a debate about theology and where worship happens. And you say it happens here and we believe it happens here. And then he kind of breaks that all down and he goes, you know, God isn't looking for people who are going to worship him on this mountain or on this mountain, he's looking at people who are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. And that is a whole life, a, a whole body kind of experience, kind of worship. And that really changes her mindset because she had reserved a huge part of her heart for men and for sex and these relationships. And then Jesus goes after that and he goes, no, 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 this is a whole life, a whole heart, truth, and love, Mm -hmm. full devotion, full truth kind of thing. And so we're always seeing this in the Bible that God isn't satisfied with just offerings and just songs and just, you know, we were just Mm -hmm. thinking about Isaiah one and Amos five. And there's examples of there where God tells like, I don't want to hear your worship music anymore. And I don't want your festivals and I don't want your sacrifices anymore because you're not doing justice. You're not enacting mercy, your hands are covered in blood. And so um, these are absolutely um, biblical ideas. And I think the temptation is worship leaders, especially when we're, we get a paycheck and specifically when kind of a lot of this ministry has become professionalized, that it's super hmm. critical that we live these authentic, authentic lives of worship throughout the week what What would be some things then you would suggest jody um to help us ensure that we establish healthy patterns of worship throughout the week
0: yeah it's a it's a theological issue, isn't it um that it's easy to think that there's a sacred secular divide that the things Sunday things are sacred, Monday to Saturday things are secular and, right and we can literally like a like a cloak put it on, put it off. And uh, but that's that's not what the scripture teaches. So we have to just e- even understand that our the the power and the authenticity of our worship on Sunday may be as practiced or rehearsed uh, as it it might be, if it's not backed up by Monday to Saturday, it's empty, and and mm-hmm. God may in fact say uh, it's worthless. So let's talk about the Monday to Saturday because we've talked in other podcasts and we can talk more down the road about what Sunday looks like, but living a a daily life of worship is important. What you bring to Sunday because you've been living it and worshiping and walking with God. So your daily life is important. I like to think of three, three well, not three concentric circles, but three circles that really uh, form a, a cohesive, comprehensive whole. So, you know, there's your private worship that you do with the Lord, your public worship that you live out, and then that's a back and forth until we gather on Sundays and that's our corporate worship where all of that other stuff is poured out. So loving God in his word would be something uh, in our daily life that we have to do. You know, how do we show love love to God? Well, we, we open up his book and we commune with him and we seek to be formed and transformed as the spirit takes the word and cleanses us and transforms our thinking by the word. And then as we see uh, the greatness of God in his word, you know, we, we draw near and and uh, as uh the uh, pastor that you work with loves to say, we, we read the Bible uh, to see who God is and who we are and how he saved us in Christ. And so we see, we learn to love God for all of those things. And then daily communing with God in prayer. I love um, in Psalm 62, one of the, the phrases for prayer is that we are to pour out our heart. And it's just building this relationship and then expecting that God's going to speak to you. That's one. And I'm going to throw it back to you, Rob. Uh, living a mm-hmm. daily life of worship. I said those two things. Loving God in His Word and communing with Him in prayer. What would what would you say is important about your your daily your daily walk and daily rhythm?
1: Yeah, I I think um, another big thing that we that as worship leaders especially has holds special I don't want to call it power, but special effectiveness for us is is music and song, and so when we're able during the week to you know. F- grab our guitar, our piano and and sing those songs that we sing on Sunday. They aren't reserved just for Mm -hmm. Sunday morning or even reserved for when we're practicing for Sunday morning, but they're just an outflow of conversation you know, I don't know, Jody, if you've ever written a song for your wife and played it for her. Mm-hmm. I know I have a couple times and they're pretty bad, but only, at our,
0: and she lo- only at our wedding. Yeah. I don't think I've written one. Yeah. Since,
1: but-, <laughs> but they're, you know, Sienna at least loves them and I can, it can be some bad song or whatever. And she just, her eyes is all well up. She's like, oh, she loves it. You hmm. know? And it's like, I'm not sitting there, um, try to fake something in that. It's just an outward expression of of my love for her. And so in that sense, music is often like that overflow of love. And and that's the sad thing of when we make worship leading professional Mm -hmm. is we turn music and song, this beautiful thing that God created. God is an artist. God is a songwriter. The first song in the Bible, you know, Exodus 15, the song of Moses, uh, God delivering Israel. God has created these things and God delights in these things. And so to sing to the Lord, sing songs that you love, Uh, that you sing in in the church. You know, there's a lot of songs out there that I don't think really work congregationally, but I use them in my personal worship. It's a great opportunity for songs like that. Writing songs. um, I don't know about you, you, Jody, but for me, I've got a bunch of songs that I'm working on that when I just sit down and go to the piano or the guitar and I start working on them and their worship songs, it just stirs my affections again for the lord and just i find myself as i'm working on these songs just again my 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 affections are being um boiled up again to how good god is Mm -hmm. and so that is something that is a great tool um and so i think i think Expressing our affections to God in song throughout the week, not just in practice. Uh, Paul Bolasch will talk about this. He 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 calls it ministry to the Lord. We've talked mm-hmm. about this before. Uh, where you're just enjoying the presence of God through song. Um, I I think that's a yeah,
0: it's good a big one. I've got a guitar in my office that hangs up. You know, just. Uh, Anybody who's ever left a guitar in your family room in a fireplace, you will know that's not a great idea because they dry out and they can crack. And I've I've seen yeah, that yeah. happen. But I do have one that's hanging up behind me. And so when I get up in the morning, one of the first things I do with with no voice, or froggy voice, or scratchy voice, is I <laughs> grab my guitar. And uh, so this morning song was just spontaneously I was just singing to the Lord softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling, and um, it's not you know particularly a, a worship. Uh, adoration song, but it was my heart to the Lord. I was actually using that song for myself, but also I was praying for somebody uh, in my life that I was praying that Jesus would would call them home. And so, mm. you know, even practically, like have a place and have an instrument, or maybe you just don't have an instrument. Maybe you just you sing and you sit sit in your office or sit in your prayer room. And and so I think that's great. You know, and as you dial back, I think what we're saying is that if you do things on Sunday. So you're praying, you're reading scripture, you're hearing the word, you're singing. If you're doing things on Sunday that you're not doing the rest of the week, what does that say? Well, it says that it's, it says it's not really important to you. you know, someone said, uh, you know, show me your checkbook and I'll show you what really matters to you. I think we could say the same thing. Show me your schedule and I'll show you what really matters to you. And if, if on Sunday is the only time that you're opening the Bible or singing or praying It's like, okay, so what does it say about the other part of your week? So then we say, well, let's take those things and let's do these things in the rest of our week. And one of the other things I'm thinking is just this whole idea of surrender and daily worship and act of surrender. That's really, isn't that what Romans chapter 12, one and two is about? This Mm -hmm. living sacrifice saying, Lord, here I am. I lay myself down even, you know, practically praying the Lord's prayer. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. And you know, that daily prayer, that daily surrender, I am yours, Lord, uh, your will be done in, in me. Is there something else that you can think of that uh, part of the rhythm of your week?
1: Yeah, I think um, a key thing that the Lord's been convicting me of more and more and more is, um, you know, we can do nothing outside of Christ, right? We, I can, I like, I can't do anything without Christ and I can do all things through Christ. Mm-hmm. And so there's a sense in which, you know, Sunday morning, we get Sunday morning that we need the presence of the Lord. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need his working in us and through us to accomplish it. Nothing of spiritual value. I'll, I'll often say this on That's Sunday right. morning. Nothing of spiritual value can happen without the presence of the power of God and through his Holy Spirit. So there's a dependency that we really feel Sunday mornings. I, I think I wonder how much do we feel that throughout the week? How much are we aware of our spiritual bankruptcy and our dependency on God to, in, our, in our counseling, in our song selection, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our reading of the scriptures. I mean, the Bible makes it very clear that we, can, we can't get anything from this book without the power of the Holy Spirit illuminating the scriptures even to us. And so just a conscious awareness that, man, like I really do need God for everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm really dependent on him for food, for health in my body, um, for his provision in all things. And so that kind of mindset that we often so, are so quick to remind ourselves of Sunday morning, I find we often fail mm-hmm. to to think of the rest of the week. And so I would say, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to ensure that you are that you, another another way, another tool in your tool mm-hmm. belt, to yeah. try to keep yourself f- worshipful and and mindful of of a heart of worship all week is to just remind yourself every day oh lord i need you
0: how i need you every hour i need you because we sing that song you know sometimes we sing the the newer version of i i need you or the older version i need the every hour and again if we're only saying that on sunday what does that say for the rest of the week like god i only need you uh for 90 minutes um right yeah and then another thing i think is um uh living in close community how do we how do we live our worship out? We live it out in all the one and others. You know, you, you love Jesus and you serve Jesus by loving and serving the people around you. So live yeah. your worship by loving your spouse, serving your spouse, your kids, staff, church situation, you know, being real in a small group. And then one of the things that um, in our church, we've launched a ministry for men called Pursuit. And we've got guys that are meeting in, in peer clusters and, and we're starting to explore what it means to be in a small accountability relationships, praying for one another where you can be known and where you can know other people. And then where mm. you learn to love people more than you love music, I think what honors the Lord when there's no disconnect is the fact that when you're leading worship on a Sunday, we've said this before on the podcast, but you can't, you can't love music more than you love people. You can't yeah. love worship leading more than you love Jesus. And so where are the places in our week that, we are showing that people matter. They matter to God and they matter to us. And yeah. then, so that loving people as an expression of love to God and worship to God is is part of our what we're seeking to do every day. And then the last mm. thing I would say about community is that living in close community, finding these small groups, is that it's a place where we confess our brokenness and we confess our sin to them and to the Lord. Again, part of uh, the Lord's Prayer, our daily prayer time. And then just finding the grace of God in community, I think. Because then on Sunday, we're coming not only to little community, we're coming to big community. And the things that we want to happen in the big community, we're actually working out and living out in the small community.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's it's repeated over and over in the beginning of Acts, but you see how uh, symbiotic the church was. It says they were in each other's homes daily. They were together daily. There was a, there was a rich presence and life together that people were doing that's that's modeled um and I, I i i even look at that passage and i it feels very prescriptive to me when i read it how can it not be you feel like this is how they did church they were together daily i feel like that's how mm-hmm. god's created us you see that reflected in the rest of the scripture so yeah we're we're intended to do life together to walk together to fellowship together frequently and again if the only time you're seeing brothers and sisters in the faith it's Sunday morning. Yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of people think that's a win and they pat themselves on the back going, yeah, yeah. like I'm at church every week,
0: you know? Well, as a, <laughs> and it's like, wow. <laughs> as a worship leader, even how much time do you actually get to see people on a Sunday because you're there early for rehearsal, you're right. in the back room, you're praying and then you're doing something after service. So I'm not even sure that Sundays are even a great time to connect with people for the most yeah, part. Yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Jody, maybe so we've we've given some people some some kind of ideas about okay let, let's let's try to build these things in our lives and we just encourage you if you're if you're listening to this podcast be real with yourself you know yeah the lord is gracious he's kind be real with yourself where are you at are you in a dry season where your your life of worship is sunday morning and that's it you know confess that to the lord confess that to others as we've just said and try to apply some of these things. Um, These are, these are necessary for a healthy life of worship and worship leading in your church. But Jody, what, what can happen? What are some dangers if we don't have these things, what can happen to our worship ministries or our lives when our worship isn't kind of real?
0: That's a good question. Uh, I think the, the the one word answer is danger, trouble. (laughs) And if, if we are not aware of, of that disconnect, and perhaps this podcast, as Rob has just Rob, as you've just said, is is an, an alert and a in a bit of a self evaluation and a searching of your heart and the Holy Spirit's searching and going. You know what? I am putting it on. It is a it's a job. It's a profession. It's some it's a role I'm playing. It's not necessarily living in and out of my heart. If you're just becoming aware of that, well, then repent of that and as Rob said, deal mm-hmm. with it. But maybe there's people who know that you've been living in that state, and. Uh, I, I think it's a very, very difficult and dangerous place to be if there's a disconnect, if it's disjointed, if it's not from the heart, it's not directed to the Lord. Uh, it's, we start to do a whole bunch of things. We, we can skim. We, you know, we're not relying on the Lord anymore. We're relying on maybe who we are with our natural gifting. We're relying on our past successes or our past reputation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we coast because we think we can do this we can do this, you know, have what it takes. Or we we are trusting in ourselves to make something happen. And I love what you said earlier about the fruitfulness in John 15, that you can make music, but you can't bear fruit without Christ. And uh, the Lord will begin to, to prune the branches that don't bear fruit. And, mm. you know, Scripture says in Hebrews that the Lord disciplines those he loves. So yeah. if, if our motivation is wrong and if our source of strength is in the flesh and not with the lord and and um if if we're disconnected from the lord we're in a bad place and we're heading heading for trouble and uh, we don't we don't want that to happen and i think at the you know there's a couple of things and you and i have talked about this that unfortunately we do see from time to time more often than we'd like to colleagues in ministry worship leaders some paid some non-paid that um, are no longer in ministry. And uh, as we talk, there's been more news even in the last couple of weeks about, mm-hmm. you know, someone that we know of. And and so, you know, what happens is if you, you play this forward, you get disconnected from God and this thing is a role and it's a put on, it's hypocritical and it's a show and it's fake and there's no authenticity and it's a veneer. Well, you could get fired because someone calls you out on the fact that you are, you're tapping out, tapping into a well that's not god's well and yeah you're living in a way that doesn't honor christ and so you, you know you get fired and you can get rebuked and i think you can also be vulnerable to moral failure hmm. where you just are uh, and we could talk about that this in a second but pride pride sets in and uh that we fall away and we as the scripture says in first corinthians chapter nine and second timothy uh, chapter two we stop running our race because we're disqualified Mm. and then um, you know, we think we might be fooling others, but uh, God, God is not fooled and others see and others know and God knows as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What would you add to that? Well, I would just say, I've been, I was
1: reflecting on this, and what you've just said just reminded me of it that, you know, churches grow with healthy pastors and abusive pastors alike. You know, you can have a church blow up, and the and the pastor is um, unhealthy spiritually, and you can have a church grow with a healthy pastor. Like church growth doesn't seem to be um, necessarily a sign of the health of a pastor. And um, the scary thing is, you can grow a ministry, you can attract a crowd, you can develop a church and a gigantic music program and an effective music program that can even sell albums. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can write songs that are sung across the world and it can all be phony in your heart. Mm -hmm. That's that's scary. Like that's a danger is that you wake up one day and you look and you see a wake of phoniness, moral failure and you realize like, oh, wow. Like I was able to fake this and to pretend. For so long, and that on its own is spooky and scary, and and I don't want to end up there. And you can't fake genuine health. It's gonna. The Lord is gonna find it out. He's gonna. He's gonna deal with Mm -hmm. it. And so, that is a is a warning. I think, especially in the worship ministry, it seems that we have not heeded. And we need to heed more. You can actually grow your church with, mm-hmm. with, um, without having a genuine, loving relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's scary.
0: And, you know, you see that in the Old Testament, don't you? You see that the, the very holy yep. place in the temple, uh, these pagan kings and these kings whose hearts were not devoted wholly to the Lord. They've got all sorts of other nonsense and idolatry happening in the very place where the pure and genuine worship for God should be happening. And we know the end of that story. It's called the temple gets torn down and uh, God, you know, ultimately says Ichabod and the glory departs and uh, God will not inhabit and fill and bless a ministry where it's not being done for him and by him.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think. Well, Well, that's Ezekiel 10, right? You have this wild vision that Ezekiel has. He goes into the temple and he sees the elders there and then there's idols in the temple. And he sees the very cherubim wheels and this kind of moving throne room of God leave, his, leave Jerusalem. And in the temple, the elders of the church, in this vision, he sees just all their filth, all their idolatrous filth. And God's like, I'm out of here. And it's, uh, it's, it's a fearful thing.
0: And mm-hmm. you know, the scripture says, judgment begins at the house of the Lord. And it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. Yeah, And uh, so, you know, we want just dialing, dialing it back. We want to be those people that are connected, that this yeah. is integrity, that this is a real thing in our lives. And a couple of things I think if we're asking ourselves, you know, how do I know if, if I fall into this, into this disjointed, disconnected, doing it mm-hmm. in my own strength. And uh, I think you can either see or others around, you can see a couple of things, evidences of uh, selfishness creeps in, you know, we can, we can see that in ourselves or pushiness because we're we're fleshly, or inflexibility with our team, or cutting corners, or moral mm-hmm. compromises. If you begin to see those things, you go, I think there's a problem. Or even a lack of love, lack of power, conviction, lack of fruit, or lack of joy in in your ministry. You have to ask yourself, you know, is what I'm doing being uh, sourced in Christ for the glory of God, or is it coming from a different place? Mm. Um, Rob, tell me uh, as we wrap up, what mm-hmm. to, what. Advice do you have if someone says you know i'm I'm not in a good place or I actually uh, i'm I'm worried that I'm actually moving into a place that's that's not healthy,
1: yeah well first of all, I would say as I was reading John Flavell this morning he says like if you even have that prick of the conscience, that means that the Holy Spirit is in you <laughs> that's a good thing, and that's a sign of a healthy person who is being pricked because of sin or you know, things aren't right. And so repentance would be the first thing. And uh, you know, we're just very slow to repentance sometimes and we feel afraid of being weak. Let's embrace weakness. Let's say, Lord, I've drifted, um, I repent. Um, and let's, let's make some changes. You know, there's a responsibility on us to keep ourselves Mm -hmm. in the love of the Lord. And so, um, there are things that we must do as well. Repentance is a two way street. There's the Lord's conviction, but then there, we must obey, we must return. And so I would say, repent, seek the help of the body, uh, go to a brother or sister, confess your sin to them. Maybe it's a couple other leaders you're working with on the worship team and go to them and say, Hey, I'm feeling this. Are you guys feeling this? I, I will guarantee you that there will be other people who will go. Yes, I'm feeling it too. And you can make a joint, concerted effort together. Let's let's genuinely together pursue after Jesus. Let's make this real again. Let's learn to love Him well again throughout the rest of our lives. I would say that's a simple a simple kind of thing. That's what that I would say. Jody, I'll throw it to you. Maybe for the last word. Yep. Anything else you'd want to add?
0: Yeah. The, the advice of the Apostle Paul to his younger, younger leader friend Timothy, you know, watch your life and uh, yeah. watch your life in your doctrine. We have to watch our lives because there is there's the very real temptation in Second Corinthians chapter 11 that we are led astray. Led astray from mm-hmm. our pure and sincere devotion to Christ. We're led astray from being faithful and authentic in our calling to be worship leaders as shepherds of the flock. So we need to watch mm-hmm. our life closely. I love what you said. Uh, just keep yourselves in, in the love of God. And mm-hmm. for failure, I think this is my, my encouragement uh, for those who feel the faultings or the, the failings and the, the falling of, of the flesh and the compromises, there's grace. I mean, that's, that's what we talk about, yeah. that, that the, the grace of Christ is available. You mentioned repentance and uh, his arms of mercy and grace are open wide. He knows us anyway. And His grace is is abundant, His mercy, His forgiveness is great, and uh, we don't need to stay in that position of of disconnected and disjointed and hypocritical. We can come come and fall on mm. our knees before Him and say, Lord, you know, created me a clean heart, God in, in Psalm 85, Lord, would You not revive us again that we may rejoice in mm. You? Uh, yeah. because uh, as as so goes our hearts, and uh, so goes oftentimes our leadership, and the effectiveness of what happens in our local churches because of what we bring. Uh, mm. It's not all dependent on us for sure, but we can sure affect what happens and we want to be healthy and honest and authentic so that the ministries that we lead, God can can use them in the most powerful way uh, to, uh, to touch people's lives and to see people worshipers as well.
1: Mm. Amen. That's a great word. Well, thank you, Jody, and thank you for joining us for this podcast on this episode. We hope and pray it's been a blessing to you and we'll see you again on the next episode.
0: Bye for now. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. For more Christ-exalting resources, go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org.